This is your host, Victoria, and in today's episode, we are going through four ways that we can change our patterns. As usual, I would love to know where you are, what your environment looks like, what you're up to, if you're out for a walk, if you're doing the dishes, if you're commuting somewhere, please take a quick picture of where you're at and send it to me over or tag me over on Instagram at Victoria Sardane so that I can feel like I'm right there beside you as you listen to this episode. Enjoy and don't hesitate to send me your thoughts afterwards. Welcome to the Victoria Sardane podcast, where you'll discover actionable tools, tips, and tricks, as well as inspiring conversations to support you to change your own reality. We all have immense personal power within us. We all have the ability to be the person we look up to the most and take charge of our lives and our future. Sometimes we just need a little insight, a little change of perspective, and a friendly nudge to take the step. Are you ready? Hey guys, today we are talking about four ways that we can change our patterns. This episode is a continuation of last week's episode where we discussed are we capable of change or are we just the way that we are? It was a deeper investigation in kind of this nature versus nurture element. Are we in control of who we are? Can we actually change ourselves? Or are most of our characteristics, our attributes, our patterns, our attitudes, and our actions really tied to an inherent personality, one that we are born with, one that is related to our genetics, and one that we ultimately don't have too much influence on? So we investigated these two points, and I shared an analogy of the sailboat, which speaks about how we have a certain base tendency And it doesn't mean that we're not capable of changing, but it means that it will always be a little bit easier to revert to our baseline tendency. And moving away from our baseline tendency does get easier and easier with time. So we are capable of change, or that's what I really believe. There's a lot of scientific studies that have been done on this topic. There is not one straight line conclusion from it. There's many different schools of thought. There's many different opinions. Of course, I would not be a coach if I didn't believe that we are capable of change. And it's a really big element of what I offer as a coach and also my group coaching program is really this element that we are capable of change. And just because we've been one way doesn't mean that we have to be that way our whole life. I really believe that change is possible for all of us. However, of course, acting in a way that is completely different from our nature, completely different from our baseline personality is always going to bring with it a little bit more resistance and a little bit more friction. So if you have not yet listened to last week's podcast episode, I will link it in the show notes below. You can listen to it after having listened to this one. You don't 100% need that previous episode in order to get as much as you can out of this episode. But in this episode, we are going through some more concrete ways that we can actually change our patterns. When we speak about changing our patterns, it always brings up this conversation of should we change? Should we even want to change? Is wanting to change a positive thing? Or should we actually be more in acceptance? I have another podcast episode all about that topic, which I will also link in the show notes below. But as a little brief on my personal stance on this topic, I always say that we should be seeking to grow and develop. 
we should not necessarily be throwing our hands up in the air and accepting ourselves just as we are without any aspiration to change for the better in any way, shape or form. I think we're all aware of small patterns that we have, of small things in our life that we are quote unquote doing wrong or could be doing better or elements of ourselves that are not helping our future self, are not helping the connections we have with other people, are not helping our own mental health, are not helping the trajectory of life that we want to go on. And we all have those little bits within us. And it's not about hating our way into change and cracking the whip and falling to a pattern of I'm not good enough and I'm not okay the way that I am. There's an element of, yes, you can accept where you are while simultaneously creating the change. You can create change out of complete and utter respect for yourself, knowing that you are capable of more. You are worth more. And the people around you, those that you love the most, are probably also worth it. They're worth having an even better version of you around. So that's my personal stance on this topic. I think that we should always be seeking to grow and to improve, not from a demoralizing place of I suck and I shouldn't be doing this, but really from a place of I deserve to be a better person. The world deserves to have a better version of me around. There's more that I can do. And if I change just those few parts of me that I know are not good, the parts of me that lie a lot, the parts of me that get angry when it's not necessary, the parts of me that fall into victimhood, or the parts of me that are constantly seeking attention and pity, right? If I change those parts of me, I know that I can have a better impact on my community, on my surroundings, and who knows, maybe I can even have a bigger impact on the world. So today we are looking at four ways that we can actually change our patterns. And the first one is getting crystal clear on the why. Really asking yourself, why do you actually want to change? This is one of the first questions that I go through with my clients and I really prod them to go deeper and deeper and deeper into this question. I had a client of mine who was constantly stuck in overthinking and she knew that she wanted to create a change in her career. She wasn't happy with where she was. She was feeling stuck, even though everything in quotation marks was fine, everything was okay in a way she was lucky to be where she was. She was feeling unsatisfied. She wasn't feeling stimulated. She was missing something, but she knew that if she continued on this path and with this pattern of constantly overthinking everything, she would never allow herself to move into something new. She would never allow herself to take that big leap of faith that she knew she needed to take in order to make a true change. So that's really what we looked at. We looked at her pattern of overthinking, but we didn't just look at it as such. We didn't just stop there. We really dug deeper and deeper into this pattern of overthinking. What kind of impact is it having not only on her career, but on her confidence, on her sense of self-worth, on her relationship with her family, with her friends, in her romantic relationship? All the different aspects of her were being impacted by this pattern of constantly overthinking. And by getting clearer and clearer, on the true why she wanted to create that change, that already brought about a lot more clarity 
I love the exercise of the five whys. You've probably heard of this, but it's really where you ask yourself why five times and you go deeper and deeper and deeper into why you are doing something. I speak about this in my podcast episode on goal setting because it's something that we can do in goal setting and I recommend that we do in goal setting. And a lot of the time we have a goal, whether it's to change a pattern or to achieve something, and only when we go through the exercise of the five whys, it's called the exercise of the five whys, but with my clients, I probably bring them through about seven to 10 whys to dig even deeper. And ultimately, what we get to at the end of it is always an emotion, an emotion that we want to feel that is important and that we essentially feel like we're lacking in this point in time. From a personal point of view, something that I had worked on a lot and was really the catalyst for my personal growth journey was working on my pattern of falling into victimhood. I was very subject to this feeling of victimhood. It is still somewhat my tendency. If I'm not careful, I can fall into it. But moving away from this position of victimhood has become easier and easier and easier for me to the point where I almost wonder if it's still really my tendency. And for me, ultimately, I was seeking the sense of personal power. I was seeking the sense of agency over my life. And that's why my current mission is to really help my clients find that personal power because I know it is so important and it's that feeling that changed everything for me. And that's really what I want to share. But that pattern isn't necessarily innate in everybody. But I know that many of us find ourselves stuck into that pattern. So for me, it was really getting clear on why I wanted to get rid of this feeling of victimhood. And even before then, it was actually getting clear on the fact that it was a feeling of victimhood in the first place, because I wasn't necessarily fully aware until I really started to dig into it. The second step to creating change and changing our patterns is acknowledging that a lot of the time, our biggest strength is often our biggest weakness. I've mentioned this in a few podcast episodes by now, but getting clear on this is incredibly important. If I take back my client who was stuck in patterns of overthinking, we really looked into how is this overthinking serving her? In what way is it actually something positive? In what way might her overthinking actually be part of a bigger kind of family of patterns that is actually her biggest strength. And for her, her attention to detail, her intense awareness, her slight perfectionism, her desire to want to do things well, her passion, her care, those are all her biggest strengths. Yet one aspect of it, overthinking, and not just overthinking in general, but overthinking when it's not necessary, that was drawing her back. But so we don't want to get rid of all the thinking and the overthinking and the analysis because we would lose the strength. So it's really about understanding what elements are the strength, what elements are the weakness, and how can we get the best of both worlds. For many of us, the patterns that we want to change, that we want to get rid of, are actually on a bell curve. So if you imagine a bell curve, which looks like a bell or an opposite U, I guess, it's really about understanding that for the most part, that weakness is actually a strength and it's positive and it's beneficial up to a certain point. 
when we go beyond that certain point, it is no longer useful anymore. And that's what we need to be aware of. We need to actually take time to analyze and to understand what is that certain point? What is that point in which it is no longer useful and actually becomes detrimental? I was speaking about this just yesterday with a client as well, and she was talking about how she has this intense fear of failure and it brings about a lot of stress. In a certain way, it's actually been incredibly helpful for her within her studies, within her career, because it's allowed her to work hard, to be motivated, to be driven, to want to do well, and it's actually allowed her to get the jobs that she has, to have built the life for herself that she has, that she loves, up to a certain point. Then there's a certain point where that stress and that fear becomes detrimental. It becomes something where she completely tires herself out and it actually then has a negative impact on her work and on her actions in the coming weeks, sometimes over the coming months if she completely burns herself out. So it's really about putting it a bit on a graph. You don't have to put it on a graph if you're not scientifically minded, but really understanding To what point is it a strength? To what point does it tip over into a weakness? And what does that optimum point look like? What does it look like for me to really be able to keep the strength, utilize the strength, but not tip over to the point where it's a weakness anymore? So for this, I recommend thinking of a few different scenarios where this specific pattern might be playing up in your life and really asking yourself, What point is it a strength? What point is it a weakness? And how can I really have that perfect balance, that perfect tipping over the edge feeling where I'm right at the top of that bell curve and I'm utilizing the strength as much as I can without it tipping over into being a weakness. The third way that we can change our patterns is writing a letter from your future self to the present. And this is specifically related to a moment that might come and challenge the change. As I said all the way at the beginning, and I said in last week's episode as well, we have a natural tendency. If you have the natural tendency to be anxious, to often be stressed out, to overthink things, then it's always going to be easier for you to fall into patterns of overthinking and worry than it will to be completely nonchalant, completely zen, not worried at all, in the moment, living your life without thinking forward, right? That's going to be harder for you. And there will be specific moments that come and challenge your tendency. I know for myself, for example, when I'm completely exhausted, I tend to fall back into feelings of victimhood and fall back into thoughts of, It's not fair, I'm doing so much, I'm so tired. And I can hear those voices in my head and I can catch them. But it's been years and years and years that I've been working on this. And in the past, they would get the best of me. So it's about being aware of the fact that your patterns might come back. It's not about getting rid of them forever. If they are your natural tendency, then they might sneak back when you're not looking. So the point of this exercise that I mentioned, which is writing a letter from your future self to your present, 
It's really about thinking about a moment that you think might challenge your patterns. And when you think about that moment, the exercise is to write a letter as though you've overcome that moment of challenge and write it to your current self. So an example would be, I have a client who struggles with structure, with creating goals, with being a bit more strict with her agenda. She loves being spontaneous. She loves being in the moment. She categorizes herself as lazy. We can categorize it as lazy, or we can just say she's efficient. Things that don't seem 100% necessary to her, she'd rather not do them. And we've been working on creating a little bit more structure for her, creating frameworks that don't make her feel trapped, that allow her to still feed into this innate strength of flexibility and spontaneity, which is something incredibly important for her. And she's an incredibly creative person. It's within those moments of spontaneity that she's actually able to create her best work. So we, of course, don't want to flatline that out at all. There's a lot of opportunities that she's been able to jump on through her strength of spontaneity that we wouldn't want to have lost either. But this summer, she's going back to her home country with her entire family and the kids and all of that, and is worried that during that time, she's completely going to lose any sense of structure, that time is going to escape her that she's gonna find herself once again frustrated, feeling like the clock is running away and she's not getting what she needs to get done and she's constantly in reaction mode. So this would be a really useful exercise for her. I'm actually going to assign it to her for next week, but it's about writing a letter from her future self to the present. So she can really write a letter saying, honestly, it was tough. There were days where I would wake up and something would be going on with the kids and I would find myself running in all directions. But in that moment, I really told myself, you deserve this. You deserve to build the business that you want. You deserve to create the life that you want. Your family deserves to have you feeling happy and excited, living the way that you want to live as well. So in that moment, I actually sat myself down and I put 30 minutes aside to go through the routines that I know help me. I did my daily movement. I did my daily writing. I made my daily content. I really was able to sit down and to get it done. I didn't have to put away hours, but by putting 30 minutes aside, I was able to make a huge shift. So that would be an example. Of course, I have no idea what you would actually write in her letter, but it's really this idea of writing as though you've overcome the challenge that you know might challenge your patterns. If you don't have a specific instance in mind, it might just be when you entered a stressful situation. It can be a future stressful situation that you have no idea what it will be or when it will come or what it will look like, but you can still write a letter from your future self about how you have dealt with it. The importance of this and the beauty of this exercise is really that it's not about somebody else. It's not that somebody else has overcome a challenge, therefore part of you thinks, okay, if they can, maybe I can too. Because in reality, with that narrative, we often have a little voice in the back of our head that says, yeah, but you can't. Yeah, but you're not like that. So with this, it really creates the feeling that I've overcome this. It is possible. And it's not just possible, it's possible for me. And this is how I did it. 
And once you are faced with that exact challenge or a challenge similar, then you will find yourself reverting back to that letter, thinking about it, thinking about what you did and acting accordingly. The last step for creating change in your patterns is about replacing one pattern with another. This is something that we speak about a lot in habits. It's always said that to get rid of a negative habit, you're better off replacing it with a positive. So really changing that instinct and creating a new default for yourself. I mentioned previously that victimhood is something that I would often fall into. And within that often came a tendency to speak too fast. It's happened to me more times than I'd like to admit where I found myself in an instant where I was annoyed because I felt like I was in a position of victimhood and I found myself speaking too fast, saying what was not helpful, what was not empowering, and ultimately finding myself on a tangent of moaning. And it's something that as I was working on this pattern of victimhood, I really wanted to change. But as I said, a natural tendency will creep back in when you're not careful. Recently, I was working on a collaborative project and I felt like I had put in more hours than was fair and I felt like I was doing more than other people in the collaboration. So naturally, within that came feelings of frustration, came feelings of victimhood. And while we were having a chat about what to do next, one of the people I was collaborating with suggested that I do something else, basically. My initial instinct was, are you kidding? I've already put so many hours. And I really found myself typing out several times into the group chat, writing, honestly guys, I've put X amount of hours into this. It would be really cool if somebody else could also help a little bit. And every time I would find myself typing it out, I knew that feeling, that feeling of typing something out of instinctual frustration, out of instinctual victimhood and out of wanting to kind of get it off my chest while knowing that it was not actually constructive. And thank God I've worked on this for enough years that I never pressed send. I wrote it out several times in many different instances and every time I deleted the words back. And the reason I deleted the words back is because I was reminding myself, Victoria, you agreed to do this, you are responsible. You agreed to do this, you are responsible. And I created that sentence as a new default. As a new default to that moment, of course, as I said, that tendency still creeps back in. I still typed the words out, but thank God I didn't press send because I know that that would not have helped it would not have been useful in the collaboration. It probably would have been an impediment in doing such collaborations in the future. And it really is not a good look. It's not a good look. It's not the kind of person that I want to be. And ultimately, I know that I'm better than that. So that's what I mean by creating a new default, creating something that you can replace when you are in that pattern. What's really helpful is linking an emotion. As I said, I know what it feels like when I'm typing out of anger and my face feels hot and I feel like I've been cheated and I want to prove myself to some extent. That is taking the power back in a negative sense 
rather than reminding myself that I am 100% responsible. With a client example, we had pinpointed a pattern that she was in where when she would feel overwhelmed, she would reach for her phone and she would just try to numb her mind with scrolling. And what we did is we went really, really deep in a description of that exact moment, what it feels like when she's overwhelmed, where does she feel it, in what part of her body, what kind of feeling, where else does she feel it, what kind of thoughts come to mind, and have a really, really detailed explanation and description of that specific moment, and then exactly how she reaches for her phone, and how that emotion that she feels links to her pattern. What we did then is really look at, okay, what would be an alternative pattern that would actually be useful? that would actually be helpful in this situation. So we came up with a new alternative where when she feels overwhelmed, instead of grabbing her phone, she actually steps outside. So just steps outside her front door, which is right next to where she works, take a deep breath, look out into the distance, and then get back to her computer. What we did when creating this new default reaction was really once again, describe it in as much detail as we possibly could, linking that emotion to a new reaction. So this is an exercise that you can do by yourself, is really listing out in as much detail as you possibly can what is that base emotion, listing out in as much detail as you can what is your pattern that usually results from that emotion, what kind of pattern you would like instead, and practice. Sometimes it will work, sometimes it won't. But the more you do it, the easier it will become. So those are my four points for you today. The first one is get crystal clear on your why. The second one is understand that there is a bell curve. There's an element to which your pattern is a strength to a certain point until it tips too far. A little extra point on that one, it doesn't have to be the exact same pattern, but it can be in the family of patterns. So as I said, overthinking might not ever be incredibly positive, but thinking critically is. And it's in the same family, right? It's thinking critically up to the point where it's overthinking. What is considered overthinking as compared to thinking critically, and at one point does one turn into the other? The third one is to write a letter from your future to your present about a moment that might have challenged the change. And the fourth one is to replace the pattern, to create a new default. I would love to know if you try any of these out. I would love to know what you think about this episode in general. And I would love to know what is a pattern that you are currently working on. Hopefully the four tips that I've shared today will be helpful in that way. If you need more support in changing any of your patterns, I will be onboarding three new clients in the month of May. So we can start talking about it now if you'd like. If you know there are some patterns that you fall into that are detrimental, that are not serving you, that are not serving your mental health, your confidence, your relationships, your work, your life trajectory as you'd like it, then reach out. This is the kind of work that I do. We work together over several months where we really completely switch these patterns and a few months later you can genuinely find yourself with a new default. It does not mean that that tendency will never creep back up, 
but it means that you know what to do when it does. So reach out if you want to hear more about that. In the meantime, guys, I will see you next week for a brand new episode.